Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. Welcome all you cool ghouls and friendly fiends to the House of the Unusual podcast. I'm your host, Joe Pavlansky, and with me as always are my two good buddies, Eddie Guevara and Chuck Caputo. Gentlemen, what's going on? All right. Hey, guys. Everything's good, buddy. Go ahead. All right, man. Great to have you guys on. Great to be here. Thank you to everyone out there for, for joining us. And uh, Chuck, we'll start off with you, man. You've had a busy week, I've heard, with a lot of shows and all that. Yeah, it's been crazy. I've been knocking knocking off, uh, you know, pretty much every day, one or one or two shows straight through, you know, all last week. So, hey, I'm thankful to keep busy, but you know what? It was an experience, you know, and uh, things are things are looking up pretty good. I never had to wear a mask once, so I think we're, I think we're getting out of that stuff, hopefully, you know. And uh, it's been a lot of traveling and everything, so. I'm just thankful it's over with, you know, like I got a little breather now for for about three or four days. <laughs> nice. That sounds good, man. So you've been keeping busy now. Will the show start picking up now as the as the weather starts getting warmer and all that? Yeah, I yeah, I got quite a few scheduled, you know, but I got like a three or four day break now. So I could do some stuff around the house too. It's like, man, I've been neglecting you know, I, I'm still putting up some relings, you know, I laid the quick crete and everything. You know what, you know what, I'm a magician that, you know, that works with his hands, Joe, you know, I'm out there with a sledgehammer, uh, quick crete, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's just the way I am, you know. <laughs> I hear you. Now, do you do, because uh, I know you do a lot of indoor stuff now, will you do anything like outdoors, like for city fairs or festivals or anything like that? Oh yeah, when summer months come out, absolutely. Yeah, I, I do quite a few company picnics. Uh, even yeah, like you said, festivals for different community days and so forth. You know, which is a lot of fun. The only drawback is, uh, what I do stipulate in the contract is if there if it does look like rain that day at all, have another contingency plan where I can go indoors somewhere. You know, because yeah. if it if it rains, man, that'll just ruin the stuff. I mean, <laughs> it, it's only happened maybe twice in all these years that I got caught in the rain, but that's a detrimental thing. That could warp your magic tricks and your uh, PA system could get damaged and everything, you know. So it's always better to have that contingency plan. And wind is another thing that's not very friendly to a magic show. So oh, I have absolutely. To, yeah, so I have to reposition everything, relocate everything. But I've done it a million times. So you just, you know what, wind I can handle, but rain, no, you know. <laughs> I got to ask, when you, you sent me those photos from the – uh you went to that magic auction. What the heck was that? That black and white oh. haunted house type thing. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, what that was was I just snapped a few pictures of a friend of mine. He built some illusions that he was selling. So that so that was probably the dog illusion. I tell you what, if I was a little bit younger and had a little bit more energy, I think I would have bought a few of those illusions. It's it's really cool. It's like a thing you open up. It's like a haunted house. It it comes up with a a frame roof. You close it up, and then you know you know like different things appear in there, like a haunted doll things of that nature when you you know when you reopen it it's 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 a really really nice illusion uh yeah it was in canton i don't know how far that is from you but my wife and i went out there last weekend and we stuck around for about maybe four or five hours and it was good seeing everybody i did buy a box full of stuff i didn't want to go too crazy but uh you know what there were some really good deals on there you know there's a lot of guys who are getting rid of a lot of things so the prices were really really good now did you have to be a magician to to enter that that auction or was that open to the public well you know what that's a gray area you know i mean i mean there's no proof of anything you know what if you walk in there and no i don't really think so i know if there was like maybe a secret knock and a password yeah. that they gave magicians yeah no there's no three stooges you know or nothing like that you know i mean if you pay the five bucks the entry fee to get in take anybody you know but <laughs> well, they realize you're not a magician so you get you get tossed out of there on your backside <laughs> no I, you know what they're looking to make money you know what and that's yeah. the way most of the magic clubs are nowadays too you know i mean but you do you know but if you do belong to a magic club like the ibm or the sam you do have to perform usually three times you know so that'll show if you are a little bit competent mm-hmm. you know what i mean but no i don't think i think it's come a long way whereas back when i was a kid yeah you went to one of these meetings it was like oh my goodness hold on a second these are all you know, you know, this is a secret art, you know what, yeah. but you know what, pretty much now, if you got the, the, you know, the fee to pay and if you could perform even the most simplest tricks, I think, I think you'll be in, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I was, I was wondering about that when you said, I was like, 
I wonder how they would tell if, if someone was a magician, if there was like, if you had to produce, you know, a card. Cause I know there's a lot of, you know, different clubs out there. If you had to be a member or yeah. a secret code or, or if it was just, Hey, you know, yeah, I think you know what, I think it's come a long way. I think people are more friendly, which is good in a lot of ways, you know. Yeah. And, I, and I highly recommend to anybody out there who is getting into magic, particularly join your clubs, man. If you go to local ring for through the IBM, that's the International Magician, uh, the International Brotherhood of Magicians, and the SAM Society of American Magicians. Join up to it. I mean, you know, that's how you that's how you get together with people. You can learn a lot of things and so forth. You know, uh, uh, those things I really didn't know about when I was a kid, or I pressured my parents a little bit to get me signed up i found out about the I, local ibm when i was in my early 20s out here in, you know in uh, pittsburgh but hey if someone's out there and you're getting into magic see if you have a local ring or or like possibly a ring that's within like an hour or two drive or something i would I'd, I'd highly recommend getting into it very cool very cool so eddie what's been going on with you brother i know you're always busy and up to something well, going on is uh, not a word to say, but uh, yeah, the busyness is extreme and just getting there. But the more exciting part that I was seeing is last night I uploaded, I don't know, six o'clock this morning, give or take, uh, the video of the haunted, uh, haunting in a box, which is a magic trick that Chuck just finished putting together. Oh, yeah. He made uh, only two pieces of it. It's very complicated. And um I'm kind of surprised that it got 74 views already in the last, you know, so it, the, the point I'm trying to say, it's it's amazing how much magic has come and how many people are always interested in it. Because if you guys noticed, uh, we put up a, a video, Chuck, the one you did the last time, and it, it basically got a thousand something views in a day and the subscription went up to 900 and. 36 i think we are we were at 820 yeah it jumped so we have uh that's a, that's really really nice we're almost hitting the the 1000 mark which should happen pretty soon and uh saying that to you um i really think that um that there is a big surge in magic again and we got a, a, a teller from uh pen and teller reached out to me uh concerning about being on and he was telling me that you know, he's going to try his best due to the fact that they're in the middle of uh, producing the ninth season right now. And uh, he says they're also, I think they have, I don't know if he said an Australia tour or some type of tour at the end of the month. So that tells you again that if they're on the ninth season of Penn and Teller Fool Me, and now they're going to, Australia, I mean, it's <laughs> there's a lot to do in that field, you know. Um, people are really enjoying it so that's good for us because we're as you could see we've done a lot in the magic this year since chuck came on board it wasn't just uh mail order novelties anymore we've gotten to a lot of fields and you know the magic is fun and i think the best part is that we are now uh, a company that has been putting out magic stuff handmade by chuck which is unique and nobody has it's not like we're copying it from another company so whatever chuck makes is unique only to chuck so if you want to get it, uh, right now, I also listed the Haunting in a Box uh, on Etsy. You can find out Etsy by going to Etsy and then looking for House of the Unusual Shop. Um, you know, like I said, if anybody's interested, there's only two of them. The price is a little steep. It took several hours to for Chuck to do each one. The cost is pretty high. So the price is really, we're not really making that much money on it. We're just selling the items because they're unique. And right now, if you go to Murphy Magic and you buy any little thing, uh, and Verdi duplication stuff, it goes for over three, $400. So I think our prices are with the market where we're trying not, because remember you're buying a one, uh, one thing that you'll never get it again. No one's got it out there. It's not like if you're buying it, somebody out there has one. Um, it's, a, it's only two and that's it. Um, so having said that, I hope a lot of people who are uh, serious magicians, this is not like a little novelty for, uh, just a starter. It's more like for a serious magician out there that wants to collect unique magic. And as you guys know, and Chuck has said it before, he's been on several shows. He became uh, Murphy's magic spokesperson worldwide for the, uh, and collection. And he's been also with penguin magic and a lot of them, uh, have had him on their show. So getting a, pro a product made by Chuck 
is going to be unique to a collector. And right now, books like Mail Order Mysteries by Kirk DeMaris, which portrays 80% of my collection in there, more like actually 90% of my collection, uh, where I, you can find me on page 154. That book alone right now is going between $85 and $150. And as you can see, prices on all this stuff will only skyrocket. So I hope you guys look, go out there, check it out, see what's available, and uh, jump on it because you know what? It's 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 really good stuff, and I hope you you know you'll enjoy it. So that's yeah. what I got in my my side of the wood, Joe. How about you guys? Go ahead. Well, I tell you, what, I just been been real busy with with work and everything, and doing everything in life. I haven't had time. You know what? I, I watched that. Um, I think we talked about it last time. Was uh, the uh, Unholy Three, nineteen thirty? Ooh, that was cool. Hockey, which was really oh, good, and <clears throat> I loved it. Yeah, that's the last uh, last movie I've I've been able to watch. Like I said, it's just been life has been crazy, and I'm hoping this week it slows down a little bit more this Friday when I'm off, so I could you know you check, check out a few yeah. more monster movies and all that or some. I, I there is a few more. Um, I do still have to watch that Golem, the Silent uh, uh, version, and then um, there's a few more uh silent error chaining yeah. movies that i want to watch oh but, yeah, yeah I watched, this friday blows up <laughs> i watched a couple of movies i wanted to tell you guys about you know uh not to change the subject. well no this is on the same subject actually <laughs> I, you know uh, how to make a monster 1958 oh that i was, love that movie that was love cool it. that was yeah. really that was really neat i thought really entertaining it was just a cool movie i mean the guy gets fired from a from a studio where he was a makeup guy and then he makes some concoction where he puts it, puts it on their faces to, and it, and it kind of makes them go out and kill people. I mean, it was, yeah. it was really cool, man. It was unique. And, uh, and I took your advice. I know you reviewed this a few months ago. I watched the bat. That's the first time I saw the bat 1959. Oh, really? Yeah. With Vincent Price and Agnes, it was Agnes Moorhead, I believe. And, uh, Darla Hood was in there and, uh, that was a cool movie too. That was really, really nice. I mean, I thought it was excellent. That's an awesome movie. I agree. Uh, you, you know what? I'm going to tell you guys something real quick. Uh, How to Make a Monster was part of that DVD set I've mentioned many times to you guys. Oh, that was part of it. Okay. You know, cool. it, it is a really nice, cool film. I, I, I mean, you could see it's very cheesy done, but it's fantastic. Oh, man. That was I, I, I love his mask where, you know, yeah, when he yeah. finally went to his home, the mask <laughs> hanging on the wall. That was Oh, cool. yeah. <laughs> but, 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 you know, when you say uh, the bad with Agnes Moorhead, which a lot of people might not know, she's the one that played the mother in Bewitch. Right. Uh, but here she's very young at the time. And Vincent Price is, you know, like a prowler. But the whole thing is, I have, uh, a few months ago, I had purchased, uh, I, I mean, 10 years ago, I went to Chiller Theater one time. And I'm there looking, and, and they had this poster for the House on Haunted Hill, but the French version. And this thing was 67 by 62. It's huge. I saw it, and I was like, wow, man, I got to get that. So the guy was asking $600. I thought it was a little steep, so whatever. So going forward, you know. I kept going around and around. Hopefully, I was hoping I could get it for like 400 or something at the end of the night. When I went there, right at the end, he had just sold it. And I was like, oh, no. And uh, he sold it for more than what he had, it, which was really amazing. But um, going forward, I, I've been searching for the poster for like 10, 11 years, right? So in the process, many years ago, I came across a poster that was selling, which was the bat. Now, the bat poster in French is huge. It's a beautiful poster. It looks like it could glow in the dark. Uh, it's greenish and black and stuff, but it's an awesome poster. And I didn't know I had it. Now that poster today is going for like over $1,500. Wow. And I finally came across um, the same guy that had the poster for $600. Um, he had the house in Haunted Hill and he goes to me, hey, I got one right now. It belongs to a friend if you want, because you've been looking for this for like for five years. And, and I know it's selling for over a thousand dollars on eBay right now. Uh, he says, you can have it for 500. I didn't even think twice. I sent him the $500, got the poster. And then I said to myself, man, I wish I could get the one, on, you know, the bat as well. And my friend goes to Medi, you have it. So <laughs> I'm still in the process of looking for Never. it. I remembered I had it. Uh, but right now, the bat, the just the house on Haunted Hill, I'm working on um, getting it restored. Now, when I'm saying getting it restored is that the posters at that time were done, especially the French ones. Some of them were so thin. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you fold them, the folds start to rip. Wow. 
And the house on Haunted Hill is it's in perfect condition, but it's very fragile. So I wanted to get a linen bag. Now that's going to be a cost of about $300 to get a linen bag. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to probably go for it because the poster does sell for over $3,000 when it's linen bag and all that. And it's so unique and rare that I think it'd be stupid not to do so. I'm, I'm looking for the bat. I like to do the same to the bat. And one day I would love to have those two posters framed uh, of course, I would have to frame them myself because otherwise it would cost me $1,000 to frame a piece oh because of the goodness. enormous size. Wow. But, um, it's so expensive for some of those frames. Too. i tell you what, I framed a uh, – I had to get a um, a special frame for a Tarzan poster years ago, and it cost me almost – I had to get specially made through Hobby Lobby, and it cost me almost as much as the poster Almost did. as much as the poster, yeah. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah, I try. I tried to frame a six foot Dracula one time, and I went to Michael's, and they had fifty percent off framing. So I picked up a nice, you know, like a Victorian frame, and it was going to look phenomenal. And the lady comes back. Uh, I think it was was it four hundred eighty seven dollars? I'm like, what? Yeah, <laughs> so I back. I backed away from that right away. But um, I tell you what, you were you. It's funny because you were just talking about how you had a, you were going to haggle with that guy for the poster, and I'm. I'm looking over to my my left here in my little office. I have my famous Monsters of Film and number one. And a couple of years ago, I, I found it at uh, Monster Bash in June. I think it was maybe three or four years ago. And I haggled for about three days with, with <laughs> the guy over it. Because I, I looked at it on Friday and he... I, I can't remember how much he had it for. And he goes, yeah, he goes, you know, I'll, I'll give you it for, for this. And it was only like $50 off. And I said, no, you know, I'll keep looking. So I came back Saturday and he says, oh, you know, I, you know, I had some people look at it, but I'll give you, you know, $100 off of it. And I said, you know, no, would you do this? He goes, oh, no, that's too steep. So I said, yeah, I'll wait till Mm-hmm. I'll wait till Sunday, you know, towards the end of the convention. I said, if it's here, I said, then, you know, right. we'll get some serious haggling. So I ended up getting that plus a, um, it was a old, I think from the sixties, Bela Lugosi, uh vinyl mixed in with the, the price. And I ended up getting it for almost like three fifty off what he originally, oh, nice. but I, yeah, it took some, it took some haggling. And I think that Sunday I, I, went and looked at it and left came back looked at it maybe three or four times and you know i waited till the very you know almost like the last half hour of the show right when they were getting ready to hey that's always the best uh, way to do it joe yeah you know which is the same with these magic conventions you know you know throughout the years i've been to different big conventions if you get them at the last day the last few hours the last thing they want to do is go home with these things you know yeah you know that's usually because i you know i have kind of like a um I have it all planned out, you know, when I go to shows and, and <laughs> going into the dealer's room. I like to hit it right when it first opens just to see, you know, what's very unusual. Because, you, you know, like the one year I went in there right as it opened and I had an old um, uh, newspaper clipping from, I think it was one of the Cle- a Cleveland newspaper. And it was marked two days before the original Dracula came out in 1931. I think it was marked. February 12th or something like that, or 14th. I'd have to look at it. But it had a nice big picture of Bela Lugosi as Dracula on it. Mm -hmm. So the guy had it for 100 bucks in the frame, and (laughs) I actually haggled him down. You know, to I think about like fifteen or twenty bucks off. Wow, holy smoke! You're you're a good haggler. I yeah. gotta you, <laughs> but you I said I magic uh, things here. Holy smoke! Yeah, that, that's my own magic trick is haggling. <laughs> oh, wow. I tell you what, I get embarrassed to do it too much. Uh, my 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 mother, God God rest her soul. Oh my goodness, was she a haggler? Oh. She'd go in there. She'd get stuff like ninety percent off. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. She'd come, yeah. She'd come out with a whole bunch of stuff. I said, "Would you pay for that?" She said, ah, three dollars." You, you, you know, Chuck, I was, I was the same way until I was a, a good buddy of mine from high school. We we kind of reconnected uh, several years ago. You know, you know, we all started families, and you know, he had wife and kids and all that. So we started doing comic shows and going to comic <laughs> shop. And now he, this guy's a haggler. I mean, he would if something was a hundred bucks, he would offer twenty bucks and haggle from there. And I, I never was really a haggler, so hanging out with him. So, Mark, if you're out there listening, man, I got all my 
haggling yeah. on expertise from you. And I, you know, I was never, I was, I always felt uncomfortable haggling. Now I feel uncomfortable. Wow. I don't you're, haggle. Yeah, you got pretty good. Like I said, my mom would go into a fruit store where they sell fruit. She'd come out with a whole basket full of fruit. I said, well, how do you pay for that? She said, $2. I said, what? And she would, oh, she'd say, I'm on a fixed income. I can't pay this. I can't pay it. Would, oh, she would haggle them like you won't embarrassed already. I, I, I even, I even haggled at a, um, I found that you could really, now this is a, a good trick for everyone out there is that like all these stores like Rite Aid, Jason, <laughs> you could actually haggle in those stores. Is that right? Uh, absolutely. And a lot of people don't know this. And um, that's amazing. You know, years ago I was talking to a, um, a manager up at Rite Aid and he was talking, oh yeah, you know, we could do this, this, and this. And then I was reading online about it and all these people going to different store so here's here's what you have to do is that when they 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 will pretty much if something is new and hit the shelves they they won't haggle with you with it because mm-hmm. it's it's brand new but when the price when they drop the price and they say hey this is on sale oh I you know 50 percent off or something so years ago they had a this small um kind of like fold out traveling um grill with the pro with um I think the propane tanks were on sale too. Mm-hmm. They were like from $6 down to like $4 a piece. And I think they had about 10 of the propane tanks. And then they had this little mini grill. It was like half off. So it was like, I think 30 bucks. So I went in there and talked to the to the guy. And I said, Hey, I said, you know, you got all this stuff on, on sale and all that. I see, I said, you know, I see you're trying to make some room here and all that. I said, you and I said, I'll take the grill for, for 20 bucks i said and i'll take every one of these propane tanks if you do two bucks a piece he goes okay and i'm like okay snag them all up so i was reading about these department stores on how you could haggle with them so i said you know what i said i said let me try it i said you know i said i need a new pair of jeans i said let me go to jason (laughs) check this out so I, i was looking i was looking online and here i had just missed a sale at JC Penney's on their, uh, like the men's clothes. I, I don't know what they were. I can't remember what they were offering certain percentage off, Holy but I had missed it by a few days. So I went in there I'm looking at the jeans. The lady comes up and, um, she goes, Hey, there's something I could help you with. I said, Oh, you know what I said? I'm looking at these jeans. I said, I was just looking online and see that I just missed, you know, that there was a, a sale on these for mm-hmm. like, I think it was like 20% or something like that, or 30%. I said, you know what I said? I said, I don't know if I want to take these. I said, you know, if you'll give me the 30% or even 40% if you could. And wow. then I said, you know, I said, I'll buy another pair of jeans. I said, if you give them to me, you know, you know, 30% off or whatever. And she goes, Oh, yeah, we could do that. Wow. I said, oh, okay. So <laughs> wow, you're <laughs> yeah, you're, you're good, Joe. Holy <laughs> smokes. You know what? Yeah. My mother would and my mother would bring back items. Like one time she had a vacuum cleaner that she had for like, I don't know, four months and, and it wasn't running right. And she didn't have the box. And there was like fur, dog fur, cat fur hanging out of the wheels. And I said, Oh no, you're not bringing that back. She's yeah. I said, I'm not going in. I'm embarrassed. So I I stayed outside. You know, she went in and got a refund on that. It was just unbelievable. Really? Oh my goodness! Yeah, I didn't want to watch it. I said, I, 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 no, way. "No way!" I mean, there was dog fur hanging out of it and everything. I said, "This is ridiculous." You, there's, I, you know, there's, there's definitely a uh, there's an, an art to it. And I, I tell you what, my mom, she could sell you a bucket of salt in the middle of the desert if you're <laughs> you're dying of thirst. You know, she could haggle so good. She'll call these places. Like she used to get me serious. I think it was what Sirius XM. The is that the the radio thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Years ago, in my truck, I, you know, they would offer it for like, it used to be fifteen bucks a month, but then they send you a special; they'll give it to you six bucks a month. <laughs> you know, she called in, and we get it for about two twenty a month. Unbelievable! I said, I, I said, I don't know how the heck you do it. But. Yeah, we got. You know what? We got to. St- I got to start doing this because you know we're we're paying top dollar for everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, got to got to do the haggling. Gotta, it, it works. You got to have, you, you know, something when you, it's funny what you guys are saying. I was remembering back in the uh, early 2000s, especially when uh, you had uh, CompuServe and the different uh, services like AOL and it was all dial up. The way they try to get the people to subscribe is they will give you like a $400 credit to purchase anything you wanted in the store. So I remember going into like uh, Best Buy's 
and signing. I think it was Circuit City at the time, actually, and signing up for uh, CompuServe for like a one year thing, whatever plan. And then I got four hundred dollars off, and I would buy a TV for like five hundred, but pay only a hundred for it. <laughs> and then and then I wait about a month, a month and a half, and I change from CompuServe to AOL, and I get another four hundred dollars. And there was never any penalty for uh, you know for canceling. And I would always use like different emails, and I probably did that like four times, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then, then yeah. the best one was when you had to get. A lot of people don't remember this, but I mean, especially we we do. But a lot of younger people don't remember. In order for you, when you had a landline in your house, like uh, Verizon or any type of uh, when Mobile was uh, first broken up, you needed to get a private uh, uh, long distance line. So in order for you to call long distance. You oh, had to yeah. have a long distance carrier. I remember that. Yeah. You had MCI, AT&T, and you had a, a I forgot the other one. There was another, and they would all give you, uh, I think it was like 150 or $200 to switch over. I do remember that. Yeah. And I must have switched like eight times and got the money each time. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so that was one way. And then my best haggling, not haggling, but the best one that I learned was a trick of the trade that was for for my collection that was only unique to I guess at the time probably very few people but what I would do is I was I would go every Halloween to every supermarket um I would go to stores like you know big stores like uh, not JC Penny but I would go to Sears I would go and I would try to stock uh stock out and see who had the best Halloween displays especially for like the M&M peanuts and, and mm-hmm. chocolate. And they had this, usually this life-size Frankensteins, Draculas. And what I would do, and I did, this was the funniest one. One year they had an inflatable Frankenstein that looks so awesome. And when I say, I mean, awesome is when you look at the hands, you know how sometimes you get those uh, inflatable animals, especially like little horses and stuff like oh, that, yeah. that it looks like the legs are attached to it. Mm-hmm. But the legs like form like a different, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Instead of coming out as one piece, it's like a round piece attached to the, which it kind of looks stupid. And um, well, the Frankenstein they had was unique. It was molded where the hands were molded into the body and it was like one piece. It didn't have that connection. And it was uh, over seven feet tall. So they had one in ShopRite, which ShopRite is like, you know, the local supermarket in my area. And there were like four shop rights and they had all four, you know, they had the Frankenstein and some of them had it up in the ceiling because, I mean, beautiful piece. So I figured out what to do. I started talking. And first thing, when I asked the one shop, I said, oh, no, I'm sorry. Those things go back. None of them want to give it to you. Either a worker gets it or, you know, they send it back to the company. But most of it is a worker gets it. And it's usually the manager or somebody. So what I did is I went out and I figured out who the general manager was for each store. So I waited till Halloween evening. As soon as Halloween was over, I went to the Ford shop rights and I said, hey, the manager from this morning, I came to see him and he yeah. told me I could have it, but it had to be after midnight. On the and, and, and all it worked in three but one. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason it worked in three plus one, because the one, somebody had taken it before I got there. <laughs> and I thought it was funny when, um, uh, you know, they're giving me this thing and I'm hurrying it up, taking it and running out the door with it before they realized that, you know, that I didn't have permission to take it because the man said, yeah, go ahead, take it. <laughs> the one guy got me a ladder. I climb up and it's got this hook and it's hooked on the ceiling and I'm having a tough time to get it out of there, man. And as I'm getting it out, this is in one of the stores. The lady sees me, the cleaner, she goes, wait, wait, why are you taking that? I said, ma'am. The manager over there, you can ask him. He gave it to me. I had it. No, no. One second. And then she starts calling the guy's name. Ooh. Thank God the guy had gone towards the back of the store. And she dropped everything. And she's looking for him. At the same time, my wife comes by and goes, honey, hurry it up. Hurry it up. I got yeah. So I yanked the thing. And I almost, I actually stabbed my finger, I think, with the uh, with the cord. I got it. And this is it, it, funny. Uh I I um I'm I'm coming out of the store and I'm trying to deflate the thing. Now they had three different plugs. Okay, the three different plugs are the plugs that um that they uh, <laughs> uh you know the three different plugs were the plugs that they uh, that you know in order to blow I think like the feet section had one, the top section had one, and I'm trying to take them off and I'm trying to squeeze it and I'm running out <laughs> the door with this thing under my hand and it's huge. 
So when I had my wife had the car outside, I'm trying to stick it through the window. Oh one my I opened the back door and I'm shoving it in and I go, hurry up, get out of here. Holy <laughs> shit. Doesn't, doesn't this boil down to theft, Joe? What do you think? Yeah, it kind of seems like it. Oh my God. Yeah, well, it, it was kind of funny though. I got out and today I still have them. I wonder what they probably go for because they, they're one of a kind. Oh. But uh, you, you know what? It worked. And, and you know what, Joe? I'll tell you this one before you... The other one I had learned is you go would go to Kmart. The Kmart was still around a lot here, and you would go to Walmart, but they still had the one Kmart. And I would go to Caldors, okay? I'm sorry, not Caldors. Caldors, uh, there was I think Cal. It wasn't Caldors after they closed down Caldor. Um, ah, God, what was the name, the name of the other store? I forgot. But anyway, I would go in, and I would find all the life size robots they had for Halloween and, and Christmas, and I would put them on layaway. And I would go, especially in Walmart, Walmart was my favorite. I would go 10 days after Halloween and I get 75% off each one. Wow. I have, there's a butler that's six feet tall that looks like uh, the Adams Family uh, Lurch. And I, I mean, uh, Uncle Fester, bullheaded. I have six of them and I only pay like $20 a piece. Wow. In the original box. And that's how, I mean, I, I learned it. But then you know what? As years pass by. After the second or third year, my trade was up, man. I had to give up because they no longer gave any. You couldn't put things on layaway that were. Oh, that's right. You know. Yeah, I tell you, I tell you, years ago, which I think they they stopped somewhere around the early two thousands, is when you would go into these stores like Kmart, Walmart, um, Target, anywhere really, any of the display stands that they had, you could put a claim on them. You know, or even if they were empty, you could ask a manager and they would remember they would let you take them home. You know, I, I got a few, you know, when the first Spider-Man movie came out in, you know, what was it, 2001 or two or something like that? Yeah. I have a nice um, it, it was a nice poster. I think it was at Walmart of of Spider. It's it's real big mm-hmm. of Spider-Man. And I, I can't remember what they were advertising for. And it was on a stand, but I just took the poster of it. Mm hmm. And then um, a buddy of mine, which I got off him a few years ago, he has a um, a Keebler Elf's stand of from the 1994 movie The Shadow. Oh, yeah. And it, yeah. It, it's real nice. It's a nice cardboard stand. I have it in my basement now. Mm-hmm. But you used to be able to – remember, you used to be able to get that stuff or you could, you know, leave your, your name and phone number with the manager or on it. And, mm-hmm. you know, right when they were – before they would throw it away, they would – you know, give you a call and you could come pick it up because otherwise they would throw it away. Yeah, well, now true. they won't let people take them or put a claim on it. They have to throw them away. Is that and, um, George Lucas was real. I think he's the one that kind of started it because a lot of the Star Wars stuff, he wouldn't allow uh, any of the companies to sell them because people were buying them and then selling them, you know, mm-hmm. for money. So he had a thing that they had to return them to where they were going now i don't know if they still do that or if they have to throw them away or they, the they return them they return them they return them yeah so so it's, it's real hard to find you know stuff like that now now my wife she works at barnes and noble so anytime that they are getting rid of a stand or anything before they throw it away she'll give me a call and say hey you know are you interested you know some of the workers there if they're their boyfriend or husband's are interested in it, they'll give them a call, but otherwise they have to to toss it out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty right. cool. Yeah, we tell mm-hmm. it, you know, hey, if we take it, we can't sell it, and you know, I'm not going to take anything to sell first. That stuff's hard to, to even sell. But if there's something cool that I, oh, know, I have Marvel, yeah, yeah. Star Wars, spooky, something spooky, maybe around Halloween or something, that would be yeah. neat, like a neat display. You know what? One of you guys probably got my mother's vacuum cleaner with cat hair in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you know, you know something. I want to tell you guys when you say that the movie theaters is very hard to get any type of the stance. I did wind up one time in the movie theater. I uh, got by, got got to know the manager. I forgot what it was. I said, "Hey, thanks a lot for everything." So I went in one time and I tipped him. I think it was twenty dollars. Uh, which I was, I had was planning what I was going to do. I was planning it out ahead of time because I seen the display go up. But I tipped him, you know, like just for like helping us and stuff like that. I went back the next week. He's like, "Hey, what's up?" And then when <laughs> my uh, my final scheme came into play was when I noticed that the movie had to stop playing and stuff. I said, "Hey, 
can I get, and he goes, you know what, man? Yeah, go ahead, take it. And they gave me, um, <laughs> they gave me a nice stand-up display for, um, I think it was, um, my gosh, I don't know, it was something, uh, Mars, uh, Mars Attacks. Yeah. This was many years ago. And I got a beautiful display that, you know, you can't find that anywhere. Oh, yeah. But, um, but one thing I'm going to tell you guys, and also when you say about movie theaters, there was a movie theaters in, in my old job back in the in the 80s, or actually 90s. And the guy used to give me, uh, he said to me, Eddie, they charge you $500 a year, something like that for posters, you know, because theaters have to pay to receive all those displays. And he started giving me, and I have several boxes. I have no idea what items are in it, but of posters that were from actual movies that played in the mid-80s or 90s, you know? Oh, and, some of those um, posters and those displays at the they're beautiful, theater, man. absolutely gorgeous. I remember when the, the, the new Jumanji movie came out with The Rock. That was a really cool display. It was really neat. It was like a jungle and, and these different figures and everything. Nice. Yeah, and if you get Disney ones, those go for a lot, you know, if you try to sell. But oh, they, there was another thing that I got one time. There was like a Super Bowl, and they they put the different monster characters in liquor stores. Those were easier to get for some reason. I, I asked a couple, and they gave me like six of them. And I actually wound up giving away three. I gave away the mommy, the because, you know, it was like a Miller beer, a Budweiser. Yeah, yeah, right, right. And they had the displays. But, you know, I got them. But I, I don't know. I didn't care much for them. And, and I gave away, I think, uh, which I kind of regret a little bit, but I gave away three of them. And, you know, Joe, getting back to what we were saying, the, fun, the story I wanted to say, another one was kind of funny. This one particular guy, I'm not going to say the name because he might be listening, but he's like, you know, six foot five, big guy. And he, his, his regular thing to do is that he goes into all these conventions and flea markets, but he gets there around six, maybe between five and six in the morning before they set up. He goes through all the tables and he says, I'll buy this from you. I'll buy it. And then what he does in return, he goes to other tables and sells the stuff he bought, <laughs> probably double the cost, you know, because it's a big, I'm not, but he's been doing this for a while. This is the type of guy that'll say, I'll give you 2000 because he's got the money to do it because uh, he's been doing this business for a long time. So one day he walks into ShopRite and he purchases an item that I forgot what it was that he went to the courtesy desk because I think they overcharged him or something for it. So there was a recall on it. So when the store gets a recall, um, you gotta you can't sell the item. So it there had been a mistake and he gets the item sold and he pays for it. And when he gets to the desk, uh, the courtesy person, the counter takes the item away from his hands and says, one second, uh, one second. And he puts it behind the counter and he says, one second, this item cannot be sold to you. We have to keep, and he says, well, what do you mean? You can, so now this is like a monster, universal monster item. <laughs> so, and, and Chuck, this was hilarious. When he sees that they're calling the manager because they're saying, we cannot sell this to you. We can't, it's against whatever the law. He jumps up towards the counter, grabs the item, <laughs> and runs out the door. They go, sir, sir. And the, oh, <laughs> the guy is chasing him down the store. He goes, I paid for it. I paid for it. And he <laughs> shut out the door like a little kid. And oh, it was man. so funny because, you know, I found that hilarious because that's what a lot of collectors go by. And he's like, I'm not going to give this thing. But you know what? There was one particular item, and when you said Barnes and Noble, I, when every time I think about it, I, I want to kill my kid because I go to my son. I don't understand how you could have just gotten it and paid for the darn thing, and just he got uh, one day when uh, Ronald, I mean Ronald, when uh, uh, President uh, Trump and Hillary were running, the day they told Hillary won, Newsweek delivered to the Barnes and Noble. Oh, I know where this is going. A magazine yeah. with Hillary as the new president on the cover. I got a copy so, of that, believe it or not. Don't I don't know how you got it, Chuck, but you know what's funny about that? Yeah. My son got so and he goes, Daddy, send me a picture. I'm like, get that. I don't care how, get it. Put it somewhere, <laughs> then buy it, purchase it, co cover the thing and let them scan the thing. And he said, like, No, Paps, I can't do that. And he did it. And I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. So you I, got a copy. I think the heading on her was Madam President or something like something that. Something like that. But yeah. it was so funny because they recalled it, man. That must be going today for hundreds of dollars. I think they printed off uh, like a hundred thousand on them or something. They were so sure she was going to win, and then they and they rescinded yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that, you know, that's funny about the um, the the flea market guy because they're you know I, I always see 
there's a there's a flea market by right by us that kind of on our on our border. So when I'm working nights, I get off at six and about five, five thirty, people start setting up out We're there. Up, yeah. And you already see people, you know, these real early people, you know, walking around trying to get their oh yeah, you know, yeah. what's already out. Cause usually people up there the flea market opens about seven. So by six people already set up. But oh, yeah. collectors, <laughs> hey, hey, collectors are the craziest people. You know what? They are. Yeah. It's oh, in yeah. the, it's in the magic. It's in the magic field either. You know, I mean, it goes it goes it goes in that field as well. You know, think back to the collection stuff. How do you think I got a lot of this inverty stuff? I I I I traded a lot of things. You know what? You know, years ago when I saw an inverted prop that I really couldn't afford or something, I'd contact a magician or something. I had something. You know, so I said, hey, how about if I you know, if, if we work out a trade, you know, so that's how I got a lot of things by uh, trading as well. You know, that's true. That's oh yeah. True. David so, introduced me into that. David Harvestad introduced me into the trading. You know, one thing I just wanted to say real quick, Joe, and I'm sorry, I don't know if I cut you there. Um, the guy who I'm telling you what I thought was funny that I told he's like at least 300 and some pounds. He's a huge guy built uh, middle-aged in his, you know, like fifties. And I thought it was hilarious when he's running from the courtesy yeah. desk, <laughs> the be guy hilarious. behind the courtesy yeah. desk says, "Sir, sir," and he's running and he's screaming in the store. I paid for it. I got <laughs> the receipt. And the cop that stands by the door is looking like, "What the hell?" And he goes to the officer. Officer, I paid for it. I'm. <laughs> he ran out the door. <laughs> that is funny. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my god. But um, I tell you, you would see what I used to do because I used to be um, part owner in a comic shop years ago. And when we used to go do shows, you would see, I mean, there were people, they, you know, if, if say the, the show would open up at say 8 a.m., th they would have people that would sneak in there like about 7 a.m. and all that to try to get in and, and, you know, get the early deals and all that. And I remember a few times being in the middle of setting up and people would be there, you know, looking through our boxes going, Hey, do you have this? Do you have <laughs> this? How much is this? And we're like, Dude, we're still setting. <laughs> we're still setting up. Wow, hey, that's an interesting. Up. What are you doing? You know what? That's an interesting topic with the comic books. What personally is the most expensive comic book you ever had your hands on, Joe? I mean, what, what did it go for, and what was it? Oh man, I I don't know. I think it would have to be. I I, I would say years ago, um, a buddy of mine that was at a a show selling. He had um the first Batman detective. What is that? Twenty seven, I believe. Wow. And it was graded. Uh, I I can't remember what it was in, but it, I mean, it got it had to be you know a few hundred thousand. Holy and, um, smokes! Wow. Yeah, I got to to hold that, which was which was really cool. And you know, I, I've seen a lot of a lot of very expensive ones over the years. That and and here's here's the thing. And and well, I'll let out a little secret here because I I've done a lot of shows and I I know a lot of people. Wait know, one second, are, one second before you let it out. Dum, dum, dum. Yeah, that do shows. If you go to the show, if you say, if, say you go to a comic book show and you see a guy that has all these key issues on the the wall, you know, on his back wall there, mm -hmm. that are you know they're key issues and they're going for you know thousands or tens of thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. Ninety nine percent chance he brought those books there not to sell. Oh. But to gloat to other uh, collectors there and to um, uh, people that are selling and to other comic shops and all that. Because I know, isn't, if, that, isn't that something? I know wow. a few people that do that and they, and you know, they might sell maybe one of those books at a show, probably a lower end one. Mm -hmm. You know, if you get somebody with a lot of money there or someone throws on a credit card, but 99% of the time they bring those there. And you'll see them. There'll be a row or two with just all these high-end books. I mean, extremely high-end books. Wow! And it's there just to to gloat, pretty much. Yeah. Isn't that isn't that something? Wow! Yeah, you know what? You, so when you go to a show and you see these people with those, you just know that they are there. They're they're mm -hmm. gloating, and there's like this competition wow. between, um, you know, comic shop. Mostly it's comic shop owners, but there's this competition of who has. Who has the high-end books at these shows? Yeah, it's a it, very it, little known secret. You see, there's always some kind of a game that people, you know, that people play. You know, uh, you know what? I got uh, quite a few battery-operated toys. I was always fascinated by the old tin toys. Anything pre-1970 is uh, considered collectible. You know, and uh, man, when I think back when I was a kid, I would go into the department store, and th these things costed five dollars. You know, I mean, who would think they're gonna? 
I mean, you know, what's what's six six year old kids going to think? Hey, that's an investment, you know. But that's but that's the time when they were out. You know, nineteen sixty eight, sixty nine. They were highly collectible. One time he had some battery toys put in a closet, and he said, "Ah, this thing just doesn't work." I mean, it was in mint condition. It just uh, it, it turned out the switch was bad. You know what? So I can go in there and you know and uh, change those things pretty easily. So he gave me a pretty good pretty good price on it. But uh, but some of those old tin toys are absolutely fantastic. Yeah, they're those are. Extra, I, I, I've seen a few of those at, at different shows over the years, and they're always very expensive, man. Yeah, especially yeah. the robots, man. Like you said, pre nineteen seventy. Yeah, man, they, they just go for a ton of money. And if oh. the box is there too, forget the box. You know, you know what? The box is is just as valuable as the toy itself. More, it's yeah, more valuable, even more. Because, yeah. In you know fact, what? even in books, Chucks, the if you have a jacketed from like a an original, say for example, uh. I don't know, uh, the To Kill a Mockingbird, let's say, the yeah. jacket alone makes the book over 200000 Well, let's say if it didn't, it's only like 10000 bucks, something like that. Isn't that something? I tell you what, I, ha- I have a whole a whole run of all the Edgar Rice Burroughs Tarzans, Ooh. the uh, original first printings. Yeah. And I think I have two two of them that have dust jackets. The two with the dust jackets are, are worth a, a good amount. The ones without the dust jackets aren't really worth much. But if I had the dust jacket on there, they would be they would be up there in, in price. It, but it, the thing is, the dust jacket's so expensive, I would never be able to afford to buy one of them. You know, yeah, that's something like Eddie said that they're you know you got to figure at the time. You know, nobody really protected them. Those books were. You know, kids had them all over the place. You know, they mm-hmm. were traded. So those dust jackets got beat up or oh, sometimes yeah. kids just took them off and threw them away because they got in the way. So they're very rare to find. And, and like Eddie said, with the boxes, you know, how many times when we were small, we get a toy, we rip open the box, throw the <laughs> box aside. Our, our parents would yeah. grab the box, crumple it up and put it in the trash can. Oh, yeah. You know, and those, so sometimes the boxes are more expensive more than, than the yeah. actual toy. And those old tin toys, you know, you know the tin toys, the the, the the amount of thought and the and the ingenuity that went into these things. I mean, some have six, seven, eight different actions. The eyes will flash. You know, the one arm moves. The other arm will pick a cigar up to his mouth, and smoke would come out his mouth. I mean, it was it was amazing. I mean, the amount of uh, the engineering that went into these things from one motor inside that does all this with cams and gears and everything. It's just amazing. What, what's the most? What's the most expensive? tin toy that you've seen you know what i have one that's kind of cool it's very unusual it's a marks one uh probably from i'd say the early 60s and it's a it's a it's a puppeteer you know so so when you throw the switch like there's there's a puppeteer that's holding a a a pinocchio marionette and uh, so the marionette is like moving and bouncing up and down and the puppeteer and so he's chewing like his mouth like he has gum in his mouth or something that's probably the one of the most unusual one as far as value wise i mean it's probably not a shocking amount of money i'd say maybe maybe 400 500 but that's one of the more unusual ones you know what uh, that i've ever seen and there's a guy here in pittsburgh i was very good friends with and he passed away maybe about 10 years ago so i asked his wife because because he had this toy i said would you be interested in selling this and so uh, it was actually about a year ago and she said yeah or you know you know like an average offer nothing crazy but and so she went for it and i took it home and it's it's just a cool toy man it's a really really neat toy i think what, what, what the one uh tin toy i've been wanting is the great garlu oh that's a nice one and that is very very tough to to not even just find but to find in a decent condition for oh. a decent price because they oh. go crazy you know the one that always appealed to me and it's a high one you know what eddie might have it in his collection it's that haunted house that whistling haunted house it's it's a tin toy where you where there's like different functions it, you know it's like really cool to it's, go to appear at the door do you know what i mean it's called the hooten tootin haunted that's house it. by marks that's it that's um it. that haunted house is, is kind of unique and and by the way guys I, i'm glad you know, we all had this nice techniques on how to get things, and I get accused of almost oh stealing my, my Frankenstein. You know, but anyway, I'm looking at a photo of that right now, and now, now it's something I have to find. Well, let me beautiful. wait, wait, wait. I'm going to send you house. guys. I'm going to send you guys before anything photos of me holding that. Oh, wow. here's the story with that. I have, I believe, two of them. 
I got one many, many years ago with the box. I don't know. I think five, six hundred dollars I paid for it. But they're going for like fifteen hundred right now and stuff. But I got one that I paid four hundred dollars for without a box, mm-hmm. and it was in really nifty, good condition. And the reason I got the second one is because the character that I know that has the seven foot robot plants that I, I've told the stories before <laughs> that the guy is a total dipstick. Take a drink. Take yeah, a, take a drink. Yeah, well, anyway, he wanted that. And he t- explained to me how his brother died and didn't give him his, his one copy he had. And he was saying, like, his brother just didn't want him to have it. And I said to myself, no wonder the guy is such a putz. Yeah. Him and the brother don't do that. He's never going to give me those plants. Never. So anyway, he wanted the house. So I came across and I go to him. This is the deal. I'll give you this house for free. Okay. Wow. And you can have this Hooten house. It was all working and stuff. And all I need for you to do is give me a photocopy of the plants. And he says, No. Um, oh, my goodness. He looked at the house. He goes, Well, you know, my brother's was like this. Like he put some. And I said, Forget it. Give me that. I grabbed it off his hands. He got me pissed. And I said, Just give me that. And, and the hell with you, man. Boy, what a way. what an idiot! That's such yeah, a no. beautiful house. Oh my! What, oh, does that house, what does that house do, Eddie? What are the functions? Well, what you do is you press one key down, and the door opens up, and there's a Dracula behind the door, and okay. it, it does that. And it, you know, it makes uh, you, you press another key, and it has like a bellows, but okay. most of the bellows don't work. And then you press another key, and the and the house in the center pushes up and down like it, it shakes right oh okay. uh then another key function what it does is um there's a black cat a lot of those the black cat the tail is missing or mm-hmm. the the dracula when the door opens the little dracula is not there yeah the tin, and it has a total of eight buttons when okay. you have it in your in your hand i know it, it's pretty large it's not a small piece mm-hmm. and it's very unique to it and it's a nice piece uh, well, anyway, here's the story. It's I'm sorry, Joey, it was before I met you. I went to Chiller when he told me that thing that he didn't want it. I got pissed off. And Kevin, the owner of Chiller, says to me, hey, Eddie, what are you doing with that? You selling? He said, you know what, Kev? I paid for the damn thing, 300 bucks. I mean, 300, I think it was 57 bucks, whatever. I said, if you want it, just give me 400. You want to take it. So he goes, okay. And I gave it to him for 400 bucks. And I, I just, I just didn't want to even hold yeah. it. it that's a, I tell you what, that's a gorgeous house. I've seen that for years and I've seen it. Uh, yeah. The price on that thing is uh, always going up. That's a nice, nice. It, it is, but you know what it is? Me and you, Chuck, didn't grow up on the air because we're younger than when that house came out. Yeah. So that's kind of like, there's another one, the wizard <laughs> of us who is called the hooting, tooting something haunted tree or the whistle oh I, I know what you're talking okay i got one of those the guy gave it to me it, it's kind of looks impressive when you touch it because it's actually the size of um oatmeal box like the quaker mm-hmm. oatmeal the large one mm-hmm. that's about a foot long you know you know what you're talking about joe right the the quaker oatmeal when you buy the instant oats yeah okay it, it's about the size of that and the reason that tree is so famous is because when it came out and it's called the Hooten Hollow Tree, something like that, by Marx. Mm-hmm. Uh, kids got scared of it because it make a screeching sound, and it was not wow. a good seller. So they sell anywhere from four hundred to fifteen hundred dollars. Well, that tree in an original box. The guy was walking around me. I, I knew the guy, and he goes, "Eddie, if you want it for you, you could give me three hundred bucks for." So I bought it for three hundred dollars. I do still have that tree. Uh, don't ask me where, but I do have it. And uh, and basically, the whole thing is that the house itself, I got it. But you know what? I didn't care partying with it because it was not something I grew up with. In fact, I only found out about it when I was older. Uh, the other thing I wanted to tell you guys, and I found out about that house when I was looking for the original Haunted House Mystery Bank that was sold in the comic books by Honor House. They mm-hmm. describe a bank that's very close to the one where the ghost comes out of the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everything, but they say it's a hand. I believe it got to be what I think, in my opinion, either a misprint or it doesn't exist. And then again, I have, I have to think about that because if you remember Universal Monster Army, there's a guy that goes there by the name of Monster Bob. 
I spoke with him on the phone one time and he said to me, Eddie, the one that has a hand coming out, that's called the Haunted House Mystery Bank, not the not the little crack stand one mm-hmm. that, you know, it's like long, elongated, but the one that's the same size as the Haunted House with the ghost, uh, I had one, I sold one. So he proved the existence. Then there was a book I remember seeing 20 years ago when I was waiting for my wife and her sister to go around shopping in the mall. And I was in a Walden bookstore. And I remember seeing the haunted house in there. Again, I forgot what book it was. I must have bought 40 books trying to find that particular book on on battery toy operated. Cannot find it. And then another guy in my job said, yeah, I had the same house that in the process, you know, uh, you know, it, it's it the hand comes out. So right. that became a search just like the rover plants. Does it exist? But then I knew that our honor house would sometimes kind of, uh, you know, fudge things up a little bit. And I think maybe the writer made a mistake and put a hand instead of a ghost. Mm-hmm. But here, here's the story. I did come across one particular haunted house that is so rare. And I have two of them so rare that the guy who wrote a book about battery toy operated toys, tin toys, had never seen it or heard of it. Isn't that something? And he said to me, wow. Well, anyway, I got offered $950 for this house, and I bought it on eBay probably in, in, in 1999, I think it was. And I got it for like 45 bucks. And then I got a second one of those. Houses. <laughs> it's, a, it's a yellow and red top. And when you put the coin in the, in the roof, what happens is a witch dances with, like in the window, you can see a shadow. It makes the noises. I never put batteries in it to see how it works. Don't ask me why. And, and a hand comes out through the chimney and grabs the coin. Uh, that sounds it, neat. But that is unique <clears throat> in its way. Now, that house, that same guy who, um, that's how the, the $900 were. There's a guy in, in Chiller that always goes there and into flea markets. And the guy that goes around, the guy I told you that ran away shop, right? He goes around and he sells this guy because this guy used to be a son of like a doctor. So the guy's like a super millionaire that just buys whatever. And he, this guy sells some things for astronomical amounts. He was trying to get the house for me for $400. And I was going to sell it to him. And then when I realized how much he was going to get, like 900 and something for it, I'm like, I'm not selling this guy this. Yeah. <laughs> so I went to the other guy. And the other, I told the other guy, if you want, you can give me 800. It's yours. And he says, no, I don't want to do that because the other guy's my friend. And I already told him, I'm like, well, screw you then. You know, I walked off. But I got to tell you one thing, though. That house is it, all that came about my searching for the one from Honor House on the comic books, mm-hmm. which you can see that ad. But the thing is, as years have gone, there's three people that kind of give me a provenance that the item does exist. Or, or or something just like a, the robot plants. I know this guy has it. Take a drink. For the, <laughs> for the way he described it. But you know what, though, honestly, it's still among my search. Just like I tell anybody out there, if you have any original Honor House seven foot monster ghost instructions, because the Honor House instructions that I had as a kid, I, I lost in a fire. I would do, you know, I would love to pay. I would buy it. I would, you know, just that, the instructions. I have the ghost. But I don't have those instructions. Yeah. And then what I have is the only one probably left in the world, the Melton Ghost, and I have the Johnson Smith Ghost. But the very first one that I got, the Honor House, I would love to get those instructions or anything that is in the mail order field out there, you know, original mail order comic book novelties that I, I will still buy even if I have a copy. Hey, keep, hey, keep that in hey, mind. Hey, guys, keep I, I, hate, wow. I hate to jump in here, but we got less than two minutes left, and I want to give a uh, – a real quick shout out over to uh, stupidcomicsmagazine.com. I see they just added their newest issue, which is number six. It's a uh, looks really cool. The cover they've got some monsters and aliens. There's one that says UFOs are bust. So that's hey Eddie, that's right up our alley, man. Yeah. UFOs and all that, and some Martians on side uh, inside. And there's even um, a, a whoopee cushion looks like gag on it. So and. From what it's saying on the cover, get a dumb sticker with this issue. So a nice little uh, added bonus to that. So I'm going to scoop up my issue right now. So anyone that's looking for any of the back issues or the newest number six, stupidcomicsmagazine.com. And that's stupid spelled S-T-O-O-P-I-D. 
Uh, also, for everyone out there, definitely check out our flagship home site of houseoftheunusual.com. A lot of cool stuff on there. We're also on YouTube, House of the Unusual. Subscribe to our channel. We're trying to get up over a thousand people. We're at 935 right now. You know, we want it to get at least over a thousand subscribers. So uh, definitely get on there. If you haven't subscribed, please do so. Check out our videos. Give them a good thumbs up and a uh, huge thank you to all of our listeners out there on whatever platform you're on. Subscribe to our channel. Give us a good review if you so choose to. And um, hey, we're here every week for you guys. Some great conversations on whatever pops in our head. And we are out of time. And that's all we got. So thanks for joining us. And good night, everyone. All right. God bless everybody. Take Take care. care. Bye bye.